And that's exactly what can happen. I visited a man in Ohio uh, a few months ago. And he took me out. I've known this man for, for all my life, you know. Took me out to see his place that he had built. You curve off a road, and it's like you're leaving the known world. I mean, it's back in this woods. And, and he took me to a, <clears throat> a log cabin that he built with his own two hands. And it was a beautiful place, windows, you know, and, 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 and just gorgeous, rustic thing. And he had built this lake, literally a lake in his front yard where, where ducks flew in every night. It was beautiful, pristine, natural beauty. And he had planted uh, uh, to grow eventually a wall, literally a wall of pine trees all around his place. He was in the middle of a forest anyhow, but he didn't want anybody uh, uh, to be able to see in from the highway or anything. And, and it was like, I've got my own little world here. And I've got to tell you, there was a piece of me that, that kind of coveted that. I kind of said, man. Wouldn't it be good just to check out and just say, gosh, I got my own little deal. Just watch the geese from your front porch every night. Watch the geese come in, you know, and say, I really don't need the rest of the world. Who does that? People have become lovers of self. People have become convinced that you can gratify yourself in your own pleasure. But God would say just the opposite. God would say, don't do that. Don't check out. Don't build your own little world because you need the rest of the world and they need you. I designed you to go together. And besides, if you check out, you will be participating in a deception that only causes further emptiness. It'll feel like you're making progress, but you won't be making progress. Look at verse 7, what it says there. Verse 7, that these people are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, it feels like they're making progress. It feels like, okay, now that I've got my own little world, I can just organize my own little world. I don't have to depend on anybody anymore. I don't have to put up with hassles anymore. I don't have to cooperate with people anymore. I don't have to check anything out with them. It feels like they're making progress. But there's always that elusive emptiness. They're never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know why? Because God designed the whole world to go together. He designed us to need one another. He designed us to belong together. This is an amazing thing. The world, even in recent years, has come to the place where they have more and more narrowed their vision to their own little world. It says in verse 13 of that chapter, But evil men, imposters, will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. I want you to know the word there for evil is poneros. And, and it's mentioned in, in Matthew 623, where Jesus is saying, is saying, if your eye is evil, you ever heard of, of giving somebody the evil eye where you just kind of squint down there? It, it literally means narrow. You begin to narrow your vision so that your whole body is full of darkness. Why? Because your view of the world has come down 
and you have become grudging. It's, a, it's in a chapter about, it's in a passage about money. It means literally stingy. You've become stingy with yourself. You've become stingy with your thoughts. Grudging, non-participatory. And so we live in an age that is more and more preoccupied with our own world. Listen to the songs. I mean, when I was growing up, uh, uh, the popular song was, he's got the whole world in his hands. Remember that? Nowadays, you know, we, 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 we come with song titles like, remember this, this was years ago, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. What does that mean, you know? <laughs> we, we got songs like, uh, you know, I did it my way, you know? Uh, we've got songs like uh, uh, The Greatest Love, Whitney Houston. The greatest love of all is what? Learning to love yourself. We've got songs like Go Ahead With Your Own World, Leave Me Alone, you know? Those are the lyrics of the songs. Remember the magazines? Magazines used to be Time and Life. Now the magazines are Self. That's the title of a magazine. And, and I, I saw one in, in, the, in the magazine rack the other day. That literally, the title of the magazine was All About You. That's the title of the magazine. Why? Because we've got this idea that we can build this little world of our own. But when that happens, when we withdraw, when we will not face the conflict or the work that it takes for broad and sometimes ambiguous and, and many times failing relationships, when we will not stay involved with one another, what literally happens is we, come, we become trapped inside ourselves. And our own world becomes a world that does not match anybody else's. Now, believe it or not, there is an intellectual justification that's around in academic circles these days. You know, if, you, if, you, if, if academics see a trend in the world long enough, they'll come up with a rationalization for it. There's always been a tendency to want to believe that you're special. When Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, there was the heresy of Gnosticism. Gnosticism was essentially, look, you've got this special knowledge nobody else has. And therefore, because you know more, you are saved by your special knowledge. Because you're special. And then, later on, that developed into pluralism that said, you know what, I'm not sure there's any special knowledge that applies to everybody. What there is is everybody's kind of opinion. Because we can never know uh, a, a basic, absolute truth for everybody. But, but what we do is we've got everybody's opinion. And so... So if we can never know truth, you live with your opinion, I'll live with my opinion, and we'll just have a multiverse. Not a universe, a multiverse. And now it's gone to deconstructionism that literally says exactly what the line in this sketch said. It says this. You, by your thoughts, literally build your own reality. It's not just that you have an opinion that you can't access universal reality. It is that the only reality is what you think for you, and that is your basic reality. Do you see where we've come? We've come to a place of self-contained reality and believing that it's real, believing that it's what God wants. 
Some of you know when I was working on my doctorate, I worked for a year in an insane asylum. Central State Hospital for the Mentally Insane in Indianapolis. They don't use the word insane anymore. But, uh, but I want you to think of that word for a minute. What is the difference between sanity and insanity? It's literally what it says. Insanity is sanity only within yourself. Sanity only within yourself. Because all of the patients in that hospital had one thing in common. They were all trapped inside their own head. That was the voice that they heard. Not the voice of the outside that we all heard, but just their voice. I don't care what their clinical diagnosis was. They all had one thing in common. They were all trapped inside themselves. I can remember walking across campus on my way to a patient and somebody jumping out from the bushes, a, a, a very scary lady, and she looked at me and she said, I know who you are. I know what you've been saying about me. I will kill you. I'd never seen the woman before in my life. Where had she heard those voices? Inside herself. That's what insanity is. It's building your own world and living there. And I want to tell you, we have every bit of that tendency in our own life to withdraw and build our own little deal. Well, let me tell you something very important. It's very important to stay engaged. Jane McCoy taught me a very important lesson one time. She said, you know what? She said, I've learned that just about the time I'm tempted to quit is the very time I ought to re-engage. It's the very time I, when I got to just keep on, keep at this thing. And that's a very, very important lesson. Because why? Because this is about what God's done. It's not about our, our comfort level. It's about what we were designed for. We were designed to stay engaged with one another, to keep at it, no matter how many times we've failed, no matter how much we're tempted to quit. We were designed for that. It's the way God designed the universe. It says that in the answers. Paul says in verse 14, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of. You see, learning is not a decision. Learning is a discovery of what's out there, what God's already done. All learning comes from God. God designed the truth, and the truth is the truth for all of us, period. And when we don't know that, when we try to get educated in our own little fields, we become isolated. Somebody once said that educated, that, that when you are educated without God, all you're doing is building clever devils. If your education does not include God, all you're doing is building clever devils. All knowledge comes from God. And therefore, there is this universe that he has designed to work together. It says, knowing from whom you have learned them. This is a relationship deal. You know, knowledge just isn't objective, it's personal. Jesus said, I'm the truth. He was a person. Knowledge isn't a concept. It's relationships. It's relationships. That's how we learn. We stick together. We learn together. We need each other. It says, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom 
that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Do you see how that comes and flows through us? All people are equipped from God, by God, for good works. We don't give. We give back. There's a tremendous difference. We don't decide. We discover, and then we put it out there. What is the antidote to this, this withdrawal symptom, this, this, this building our own little deal? The antidote is open your eyes. Jesus says, but the healthy eye, hoplos, generous, wide open. Look at the big picture. Don't just look at how you've been hurt. Look at what God intends for all the world and how God can build good from your hurt and how God can help other people from your hurt, and how God can help the very people who hurt you if you don't withdraw. Look at the big picture. Somebody once said, doctor told me a story about a professor who was giving a test to seniors at the end of their, of their uh, last semester. Graduation was coming up. He handed out a test, and there were three columns of test questions. The first column was worth 50 points apiece, and they were definitely the hardest questions. The second column was worth 40 points apiece, and they were somewhat easier questions. And the third column was worth 30 points apiece, and they were the easiest questions. And the instructions were this. Choose whichever column, just one column, that you want to answer. Answer those questions and hand in your test. So the students did that, and immediately... Upon receipt of all the tests, he graded them right there. Never looked at their answers. He gave all of the ones who chose the 50-point questions, the hardest question, A's. All the ones who chose the easier question, B's. And all the ones who chose the easiest question, C's. And they were indignant. They said, you didn't even look at our answers. And the professor said this, I wasn't testing your knowledge, I was testing your aim. You see, when all this gets done, God's not going to care how much we know. He's going to care how wide our eyes was. Could we see Him? Could we include others that couldn't be included? Could we continue to see His work in all of the universe and not get it disconnected? Could we understand that He has woven this thing together in a wonderful symmetry? And if we withdraw, we miss a great deal because we need each other. Don't withdraw. People need you, and you need people because there is a basic underlying unity to everything. Let me give you that visually. Lower the screen. I'll close with this. But about years ago, I saw a book called The Powers of Ten. And, and it, just, it just visually gives you a demonstration physically of the symmetry of the universe. And that obviously, in this series of photographs that are taken from microcosm, I'm sorry, from macrocosm to microcosm, from space to inside your body. Powers of 10 uh, means that there's that much magnification. 10 to the X power, see? There's that much magnification. 
And I want you to see how we are not disconnected at all. How the same God made resemblances in the most magnificent views of the universe to the tiniest views of the universe. Let's just see a few pictures from this book. This is the Milky Way, and you see a blue uh, square in uh, the... Uh, um, you will see a blue square in all of these, which tells you the next power of 10 we're going to. And this is uh, our section of the Milky Way. Go ahead. This is the Earth. Go ahead. This is Lake Michigan. You can see that, can't you? Go ahead. This is Chicago on Lake Michigan. Go ahead. This is a field. You see Lake Michigan at the top of the picture, a little harbor in with the boats. And you see in the blue square right now a field with a little dot in the middle of it. Go ahead. Ah, it gets further. There's, so, there's a blanket with somebody laying on it. Go ahead. There's the man on the blanket. And we're going to focus in on, go ahead, his hand. And then we're going to focus in on his skin. And then we're going to focus in on the crevices of his skin. And then we're going to begin to go inside. Look at this. Stop this picture just right. You know what this reminded me of when I first saw it? Have you ever flown over Colorado? When I, whenever I go to Colorado Springs, this is what it looks like to me. There's mountains and crevices, you know, caverns. You know, you're flying along, and it just kind of looks brown, and, and there's little things running through that. It looks to me like human skin. Okay, go ahead. Let's go inside. This is a picture of the membrane of a human cell. Now, is it just me, or is that strangely reminiscent of the face of a planet? Does that not look like the, the surface of a planet with its craters? Do one more. This is the movement of a cluster of electrons within your body. A picture that is almost identical with the cluster of stars in our galaxy that we live in and the cluster of galaxies, the particular cluster of galaxies, we, we happen to inhabit the Virgo cluster of galaxies, that cluster in the galaxy. And so that looks very much like our galaxy in the rest of the galaxies. Now, turn it off and let me give you my point. You've seen my point. The point is God made this to all go together. There is one creator. And his creation has this wonderful symmetry. Don't withdraw. Don't give in to the temptation of just building your own little deal. Stay engaged. Stay engaged because he's Lord of all. And to see him in all of his fullness, we must see him in other people's lives and in the great multitude of his wonders. Pray with me. God, we understand when people want to escape confrontation. We understand the desire not to be accountable because it's easier. And it seems like it's making more progress when we just go build our own little world. 
But, oh God, how deceptive that is. Help us to go through the work and sometimes the pain and many times the conflict that it takes to stay engaged in the world, to build the very relationships that we're tempted to run from. Because, God, we want to see you in all of your glory. And we want to worship you as the Lord of the universe, whose robe is the light and whose canopy is the stars. We want to see you as the big God you are because your personal relationship means even more to us then. Help us to praise you in all of your glory as you are Lord of all. Amen.
Amen. We want you to remember that through the trials that you'll face, you will surely face this week. Before you go, though, we want to remind you we have a prayer team, and those folks will be down here on the right side of the sanctuary. If there's a part of your life that God has revealed to you as you've heard this message this morning that you need to pray with someone about, we encourage you to come and pray with one of these men or women before you leave this morning. But let me also read for you from the book of Jude these words, a call to persevere. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But you, dear friends, should build yourselves up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. And now to Him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Go in His peace.